I'm Matt Bellany, founding partner of Puck News, and I'm covering the inside conversation about money and power in Hollywood. With my new show, The Town, I'm going to take you inside Hollywood with exclusive insight on what people in show business are actually talking about. Multiple times a week, I'll talk to some of the smartest people I know, journalists, insiders, all of whom can break down the hottest topics in entertainment to tell you what's really going on. Listen now. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Sonic. You know what sounds good after a long day? Ice cream. I love ice cream. Right now is the perfect time to get some. Sonic has half-price shakes every night after 7 p.m. when you order online or in the app. Just think of it, all that creamy, soft serve, hand-mixed with your favorite flavors for half the price in any size. Listen, a lot of people like goofy shakes. I like vanilla shakes. You can throw 40 flavors at me. You know what I'm going to order? You know what I love the most? vanilla shakes. It's perfect because me and my family, at least once a week, we still all get ice cream together when we're together. Grab Sonic Half Price Shakes after 7 p.m. now. Exclusions apply. Available for a limited time only at participating Sonic Drive-Ins. The Rewatchables is brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network, where you can find No Skips with Shea Serrano. You can find The Watch with Chris Ryan. You're still cranking it, right, Chris? Punching the clock for 10 years plus now, Bill. (laughs) All thanks due to you. (laughs) Little Ringer NBA show as well. Coming up, there are no sides. There's no Sunnis and Shiites. There's no Democrats or Republicans. There's only halves and half-nots. Shooter is next. You said I shot the president. They framed an innocent man. I'm never going to stop chasing you. Now his only chance is to find the men that set him off. I'm bringing this fight to their doorstep. Shooter with it on. All right, we are going to talk about the 15th anniversary of... <laughs> wait, wait. Here's the thing is that... You have you did you have it circled? Did you did you say to Carrie were you like, hey, you know, I might be busy next week. It's the 15th anniversary of shooting. <laughs> <laughs> don't, mean, have, don't book any plans on St. Patrick's Day. It's shooter Eve. I go through <laughs> right at like in December, I go through all the anniversary years to see if there's any anniversaries. You're always looking for like, oh, there will be blood 15 years ago and stuff like that. I saw Shooter and my eyes lit up. So 15, <laughs> 15 years later, Shooter, we got to crank this out. Look, this is when by 2007, they had just figured us out. What do we want? We just want put a star on the poster, give us a gimmick, give us some action, give us put them on five the good scenes. Yeah, have them running. Shay, Shooter, it checks a lot of boxes. Just the mm-hmm. character. First of all, his name's Bob Lee Swagger. Bob Lee Swagger. How long are we in the writing room before they settle on Bob Lee Swagger? Is that like a, a week? 10 seconds? Okay. Someone Ten shouts that out. It's a wrap. Okay. That's, yeah. All right. Let's get salads. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he used to be the best. Check. check. Now he's out because 
of an assignment that went wrong. Check. Best friend was killed. No official report. Check. Living alone with his dog in the middle of nowhere. Check. Mm -hmm. Drinks Budweiser. Very American beer. Check. And then um, convinced to do one more job. And you know it's going to go wrong. He's set up. He's falsely accused. He's on the run. Shay, they, this movie understands us. Yeah. It, it it drove right down the middle of the road for us. Like, let me do all of this stuff at once. What's what's missing from the action movie generic checklist out of everything I just mentioned? Like a de- like a dead wife? His partner his partner is serving as the dead wife in yep. this situation. Right. Because we find out, oh, he they were they weren't killed by the enemy. They were actually killed by our own people. Like we were set up. We were both supposed to die. On this day, I think if you're going down the list of stuff that this movie does, I think you have to mention: Does this person have some sort of elite skill? Yes. In this great case, point. Great you point. Give him, you, he can shoot you from a hundred miles away. He does two little clicks, and he's like, "I got it," and right. fires the gun. Um, you have to have the scene in there where the guy barely talks, but when he does talk, he says a whole bunch of shit all at once to let you know. I'm actually not dumb. I'm choosing to just not talk to you. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> you need that part. And then, yeah, you need him feeding feeding his dog out of out of his own mouth with food. You while have reading that. while reading the the nine eleven commission report with a ponytail. Don't yeah. get the ponytail. Yeah, so that, important. I, I'm gonna guess Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> I'm gonna guess he didn't grow the ponytail for the movie. That might have been uh might have been that on Chris. Have we not had enough sniper movies? Well, so here's the thing is that uh, BLS, Bob Lee Swagger, is kind of like, um, <laughs> he's, in the, he's in the reacher zone. Like, as far as dad, dad books go, these, these uh, Stephen Hunter books, Point of Impact, and a bunch of like, I think he's written like 15 Bob Lee Swagger extended universe books at this point. This is probably in your dad's bookshelf next to like a Pete Rose biography and, you know, something else. <laughs> There's no and, question. Yeah, and so basically this is just a fugitive, but instead of being a doctor, he's a sniper, which to me is basically the best idea I've ever heard. Yeah, I love... <laughs> I remember Behringer and Billy Zane, whatever that. Oh I think that was God. Sniper 1. No, that but was I liked, called it, sniper. Was called, it was yeah. called Sniper. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I don't remember how many they were in together. I, I They all blend together, but the first one was the best one. But I just like sniper movies. I don't know why. I don't... I, I love like how they set it up. I love when the guy explains how the wind and love the it. distance love and all the technical stuff. This movie does a really good job of it, but in general, like I don't understand why this, uh, this whole thing hasn't been kind of kicked in. And the other thing that you notice rewatching this movie is it basically, it, it lays out this real estate that John Wick just kind of takes. Mm-hmm. And I don't Shay, why didn't we have shooter two? Why wasn't there a shooter three and a shooter four and a shooter five? John Wick just kind of took the real estate from them, but all the makings are here. I think prior to the John Wick series, it was really hard to picture an action franchise that didn't get goofier as it went on to the next one. Like you do shooter and you're like, all right, I don't know that we can do this again with the same person. And it feel like, any sort of quote. That was that was like the thought. And then they show up with John Wick and they're like, no, you just have to each time open the world up a little bit more. Like that was a trick that John Wick did. They start out in very narrow space and then they at the end of the movie, they open one more door and they're like, come with us. And it gets a little bit bigger 
each time. With Shooter, when it starts out, it's a whole like global conspiracy immediately. You can't get you can't get bigger than that, so you can't attach a big name to it. Um, but you still have like versions of those movies. The sniper movies that you mentioned with Behringer, they did like fucking five or six of those. They yeah. just kept on cranking them out, you know? Yeah. There's something funny that happens right here because this is 07. The superhero movies really kick in in earnest the next year. You know, this is when like, that's when like Iron Man and Dark Knight hit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Wahlberg does make a, a bunch, bunch more of these movies because this is yeah. the beginning of the Wahlberg B-movie run where he does this... He does Max Payne, Contraband, Broken City, Two Guns, Mile 22, and Spencer. But he just wasn't thinking in terms of the way Keanu was thinking, where Keanu's like, let's make a whole universe out of this one thing. Wahlberg's yeah. just like, every every 15 months, I'm going to bang another different one out, even though it's essentially a highly skilled guy up against impossible odds. It's He could have just kept <laughs> making shooters. He just called them different things. It's funny all the like not only is all the recipe here for to just have grabbed the John Wick thing but it even has like John Wick Shay was talking about you go into these worlds right there's these underground worlds and there's god damn it what's the name of the lodge Shay what's the name of the, the club continental. that nobody, the, the continental. continental yeah sorry um the continental and it, it's, it has all these bells and whistles that just that's what makes John Wick special it's like you're going into this universe I think they could have done this with Shooter because they're laying the breadcrumbs with the conspiracy stuff. Even in the beginning, you see him reading the 9-11 commission. You see him on some weird conspiracy website. The whole thing is a conspiracy. And, and it's a lot of like the government is up to bad stuff. And we're kind of lifting the hood up of the car of all of these bad things. And I just think they could have gone conspiracy, conspiracy, conspiracy every movie with the sequels. But as as Chris pointed out, Wahlberg just kind of decided, all right, I'm just going to do a whole bunch of different versions of these and get out. Mm-hmm. But he mm-hmm. never he never saw the sequel thing. I'm sure by the time we got to John Wick 3, Keanu was probably cashing some crazy version of like... The, like Gotta the, be. Yeah. I think Wahlberg blew it. Um, yeah, well... <laughs> well <I> honestly. <laughs> I think he did. I think we could add seven shooters. Uh, but you look at where Wahlberg that was... That guy has really failed to market himself and capitalize yeah. on his own success. That's true. Listen, <laughs> guy, the guy could have more money. Um, you look at Wahlberg mid-2000s. He's in... He's still kind of bouncing around. He's got... Like, he does Rockstar in 2001 and Planet of the Apes. He's really trying to figure out who he is. By 2004, we're at I Heart Huckabee's... Four Brothers, Invincible, so he gets the sports movie, The Departed, which we've done twice in this pod, and Shooter. He's still like, you can see him with his team going, all right, sports movie, Scorsese, um, big Europe movie, now Shooter, my action movie, and he's just kind of going through. And then at some point, he's just like, fuck it, I'm just going to make action movies. Yeah, and I'm going to make two a year. Yeah, that's where he landed, which I think was the right move. I I actually think this is this run of his is probably the departed shooter is probably my favorite kind of Wahlberg stretch. Do you have another favorite stretch, Shay? My my favorite version of Wahlberg is when he's a, a dumb guy who thinks he's smart. So when he whenever he shows up in a movie like that, obviously uh, Boogie Nights, he's mm. a dumb guy who thinks he's smart. Pain and Gain. Yeah, I would I would argue is maybe the best Wahlberg movie of him, mm. especially him him doing that. It's just it's a perfect like Michael Bay universe made for him to be the dumb smart guy 
Um, I, I like when he leans into that a little bit more. I, my least favorite version of him is when he's like trying to be smart on purpose, like in a, like the gambler, like the gambler, like mile See, I 22. Love the I, the, my thing is I actually, I find when he is playing a smart character is the weirdest thing, like in Huckabee's and gambler. Yeah. And it's almost like he's like a ventriloquist dummy just saying this stuff, but it's like, whoa, this is actually like pretty sharp. It's yeah. I, I like, I like that. Shooter is the only time he's done it where I where I I liked it when he starts talking about the Coriolis effect, the spin of the <laughs> earth, and I'm like, all right, fucking relax. But the whole movie is built to be like two inches deep. That it's okay that he's doing that. He's not trying to be more than that, you know. I think you can only go to this well so many times, and he certainly kept going to the well. And by the time we got to Spencer Confidential, which is a movie, I think on paper, all three of us would have been excited about it just wasn't good and yeah we just been, you, we'd been there for, <laughs> yeah we'd, we'd been there for 20 years with Wahlberg basically doing the same sort of premise with different hairdos and different people coming after him and I think it started to burn itself out but I'm looking at his IMDB one of the IMDB things is the six billion dollar man pre-production where he plays Steve Austin I think that's been mm -hmm. in pre-production for like 12 years <laughs> I'm kind of in on him as the six billion dollar man um, <laughs> so we also have Antoine, Antoine Fuqua. Mm -hmm. Come on. Who's, I don't know if Shay, if you've heard of these movies, Training Day, Brooklyn's Finest, The Magnificent Seven, me. Equalizer 1 and 2, and The Guilty. Give them all I don't know, to me. I don't know if you've seen any of those. Have you seen those? Give them, give them all to me. I love Antoine Fuqua. You, you forgot also, Southpaw? You failed to mention Tears of the Sun, Bill. Tears of the Sun? Oh, my God. Let Get him behind the camera as much as possible. You Mayor know, of, of Kingstown, executive producer. Come on. You know he's involved when we got the one wide shot of just an entire house or log cabin or something blowing up in slow-mo. <laughs> just where he must be on the set and they're like, I think we have enough explosives. And he just must be like, nah, yeah. just double. Do twice as many as you thought you were. <laughs> well, the crew might be in danger. It'll be fine. We'll get it. Just move the cameraman back then. But his movies have a style. And I didn't realize until I looked at his IMDb. Kind of how important he's been to my last like 20 plus years. I enjoy <laughs> yeah. all of those movies, especially the two equalizers, which are very near and dear to my uh, my dad's heart. But um, but yeah, he, he has a style, right, Chris? Like where I kind of yeah. like, you can kind of, I don't know what it is, but I know when it's his movie. It's super muscular. He's he's really good at set pieces. Like even the, the presidential assassination setup in this movie is really like, way better than it has any business being. You definitely kind of have a sense of like, oh, this is where they are in relation to the stage and here's all the other stuff and the flags are waving and maybe some of that's taken from the book, but he's really good at setting up and executing action set pieces. That's a that's a great point. I never had considered that until right now when you started talking. That's probably why I like this smart version of Mark Wahlberg in this movie and not in other movies because he's so good at knowing like, where to put a person to do mm -hmm. a thing. You see him when he does it in the equalizer and they have the great scene of when Denzel Washington is doing the like, what do you see when you look at me at the, at the table with the person? And it's just like a, it's like a perfectly built moment. And Mark Wahlberg and Shooter, when he's rifling off all of the things you have to consider when you're making this long shot and he's like standing in the doorway of his open cabin as he's trying to get the people out. It's just like, 
that's directing right there. Shout out, shout out, Antoine. Yeah, Pickwell. I mean, what he's a, just really great... good at actually. He's good at action. He's a, he's good at that moment before the action. Like you think about like, yeah. that training day scene where they're about to jump Scott Glenn, and it just kind of is building, and he's mm. like, he's like, what what's going on? Great like, call, great. Yeah, call. it's just like he's just really good at that second right before shit goes off. Yeah, when they the the scene in this movie, which I wrote down as Mark Wahlberg kills everybody. Um, <laughs> when That's like out, five times. <laughs> yeah, the one where they're outdoors, not the, not Ned Betty's cabin at the end, but the one when they're he's basically got to take down what fifty people. Yeah, um, uh-huh. and nobody touches him with a bullet. But you you kind of always know where you are in that scene. And they kept showing Michael Pena like in these different spots. He's like, go to, go to two. Yeah, go, go to, to f- I'm at four. <laughs> you know, and you, you always know where you are. So we have that. We also have some really early Kate Mara. Mm-hmm. Um, a year after Brokeback Mountain. This was the first time she was, you know, she got a role like this in a movie. And we're about five years away from Grantland really starting to argue about Rooney versus Kate. We all have to pick teams. Where well, did you four, land? Four years... F- Four years out from uh, from House of Cards, right? From her yeah. first season on House of Cards. Chris, were you Team Rooney or Team Kate in the Mara Sisters battle? Um, I think that I, my, you know, like many people, my political affiliations have changed over the course of time. So I think at this point, <laughs> I'm, I'm probably Kate, just because Rooney doesn't actually work that much anymore. Um, she pretty, she does like it's pretty sporadic. Whereas Kate is like a got pretty consistent, you know. I, Shay, I've always been Kate. Where did, have you gone back and forth, or did you always pick a side? No, I, I like Kate. I, I had not even really like registered her in my movie universe until House of Cards came. Yeah, she's so good in that. And then you rewatch Shooter, and you're like, oh shoot, it's her, and she's doing a Southern accent. Like it's kind of a thankless just, role, and she does a really good job with it. Yeah, she just yeah. seems like somebody who would be who was like down to do whatever you need her to do in a movie. And I, and I always like that quality in an actor. Well, speaking of actors you like, Shay, your guy is in this. You're going to say Elias Coteus? No. <laughs> Shay's guy. A co-star and shooter, end of watch, The Martian, Michael Pena. My guy. My motherfucking guy. This what a, is, what a, I think, my favorite Pena. Nick Memphis? This one is? I Nick think Memphis? Nick Memphis. I fucking love it, man. What a what a journey for this guy. He he gets disarmed in the beginning. The first time we see him, he just gets completely humiliated. He's about to be executed by the self-assassination <laughs> machine, whatever the fuck that. I don't know where you buy that. We got to bring that back as a meme. By the end of this, he, by the end of this, he has sniper skills. He, he can move to different pieces. He's wearing iron bulletproof vests. Like that. What a journey, man. A great early, early career role here. My favorite will always be End of Watch, Michael Pena. Me too. He just does, he does it all. But right here, he's so great. The scene that stands out to me the most, even rewatching it, is is the part early on when they're sort of dressing him down after Bob Lee Swagger has escaped. And they're like, you should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah, and he's like, I'm and not ashamed. Like, yeah. I don't feel embarrassed. Like, he's I don't feel ashamed. Recon. I just got out of the yeah. academy. I'm lucky <laughs> to be alive. <laughs> and when he he injects that character with like, like a steel spine immediately. Like, I don't yeah. feel that way because I was supposed to lose that fight. And I think that's a cool trait for a, for a character to have in a movie. And then he teams up with, with Wahlberg and they give him a couple of like funny moments when he drinks the coffee. And then he has to very quickly be like, yeah, this is good. Like little stuff like that. It's like, this guy's a a star. And it's fun to watch him not have to carry 
everything. He'd just show up and get some shots up. Chris loves when a movie inadvertently spawns. There's a buddy movie that kind of comes out of nowhere about two-thirds yes. of the way through. Yeah, There's yes. a whole different movie where we just could have been on the road with Bob Lee Swagger and Nick Memphis, where they're just like eating in diners yeah. and yeah. making fun of each other <laughs> that I would have been there for, but they decided not to film that. <laughs> I, Pena's like an interesting guy because like every time and to watch this, even when he's in like in his more recent stuff, like uh, Ant-Man or or the the season he did on Narcos, he just always does something like a little bit unexpected with the character. Mm -hmm. You know, like mm -hmm. he always is like, whether the guy is like anxious or nervous or whether he's like way funnier than he has any need to be. Like he always brings like a different kind of curveball to it. He's a, he's a really, really, really perfect character actor in that way. I really like him and I wish, I wish he did more stuff that I liked. I was looking at his IMDb the last few years and there's there's been some whiffs. I think we need a penaissance. Need a comeback. <laughs> need something happening. Um, for this movie, sixty one million dollar budget. <laughs> expensive. It is expensive, I but I just want to say this worth movie's it. currently as of, of the time of recording, this movie's on on Netflix. And Netflix could do a lot worse than just make shooter every month. Right. Well, yeah, did you notice like, it was trending as like a top five yeah, thing yeah. on Netflix for yeah. like four but weeks? Like, this, is this better than like basically any Netflix original movie? Yeah. With the well, exception it, it of the award like, stuff. I mean, not, like, not Mank and Roma, but like it's better than it's Red like in Notice. the tri Triple Frontier category, right? It's yeah. up there. Yeah, I was going to say the Triple Frontier is the only time it probably reached these heights. But Bill, they probably. We, I, Bill, Bill. Yeah, quadruple frontier. <laughs> Triple frontier rewatchables is I've I, I've heard from some of my constituents that there's there's a real growing interest in that. I'm. <laughs> I know Shay's in. Shay's been waiting for the call. We I, have uh, to do it, in. but we have to do it three times so that it can be the triple frontier three watch. We have to record one on the beach, one in the jungle, and one in the air. So we got to do <laughs> in a cargo plane. Yeah. <laughs> But when you think about the Netflix algorithm, though, and how it convinced whoever greenlights those movies to make movies like Triple Frontier, I'm sure I'm sure the shooter rewatchability was one of the things that drove Triple Frontier, right? I'm sure. That's what I was most excited about when this showed up on Netflix. I was like, ooh, if this does numbers on Netflix, there's going to be a conversation in a room where they're like, we need more of this. Make this. And I can't wait. By the way, just fucking make Shooter too. Well, they made Shooter the what show. What are we waiting for? I know, yeah. but whatever. Wahlberg, where's Bob Lee Swagger now? Is he still in the mountain? Ryan, Different dog? Ryan, how do you say his last name? Felipe? Philippe? Ryan, Ryan Philippe. Yeah. Ryan, he's fucking good in the show. He was really good. It was way better than I thought it was going to be. Way I think better. Shooter. Of course, you watched the Shooter USA show, man. I watched it the day it came out, every episode, tuned in. It was really good. I also did, and I was also surprised by Ryan Philippe. Ryan Felipe, he was in another one I told you guys about, where he's like a retired Secret Service agent, but his daughter is at a boarding school that gets taken over oh, by terrorists. One, what was that one? I, it was good. I liked it. I he he was not the action hero I expected to need in the uh, last five years of my he's life, but he's done a pretty, pretty good, good job. One where he's like a. Like, I don't remember what government agency he's working for, but it's basically like he's a computer programmer and he comes across something. And is Laura Linney in that movie? Oh, Tim Robbins? Antitrust. Antitrust. Yeah, antitrust. Yeah. I don't mind antitrust. Yeah, good call. Um, antitrust so, rewatchables? 
Probably not. $61 million budget. It made almost $100 million, $95.7 million. But tough times. Roger Ebert decided to pass. <laughs> like he didn't even watch it? He like, didn't even go? <laughs> there's no review. There is no way on the internet to find out how Roger Ebert felt oh about this movie. God. We do have Manoa Dargis from the New York Times who called it a thoroughly reprehensible, satisfyingly violent entertainment about men and guns and things that go boom. She actually liked it. Yeah. Perfect. That's a perfect description. I think it's dope when somebody's like, this movie's reprehensible, but I loved it. <laughs> yeah. I love that's, that. <laughs> that's like 80% of my favorite movies. <laughs> I love 2007 Ebert sketching out a schedule at Six Shooter, just being like, eh. I'm, I'm going to Nantucket <laughs> that weekend. <laughs> Fuck this. I'm out. All right. We're going to take a break. Come back. Most rewatchable scene. This episode is supported by State Farm. Think about your first reaction after you have an accident. What do you do? You scream, oh no, or man, oh, why did this happen? On the flip side, let's say you buy a new car or you lease a new car, get in there and it smells great and you're like, man, this is awesome. But just remember, really the only words you need to remember are like a good neighbor. State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, File claim right on the State Farm mobile app and even reach a real person when you need to talk to somebody. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This episode is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Spring comes with a lot of chores because, you know, spring cleaning. One thing you can clean up right away, your phone bill. Just switch to Mint Mobile. They have unlimited talk, text, data plans for $15 a month when you buy a three-month plan. $15 a month. That's like, you can subscribe to two movie channels for that. I mean, what a great deal. Also, super easy to switch plans. Everyone gets so intimidated by, oh my God, I don't know if I should switch my plan. It's not that hard. To get this new customer offer, go to mintmobile.com slash rewatch. That's us. That's mintmobile.com slash rewatch. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. For a first three-month plan only, speeds slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. All right, most rewatchable scene. This movie does something smart. It easily could have just started with Bob Lee Swagger on the mountain after he had shut it down. No, we need a scene. We need to we show, see it. Yeah, you gotta show see what it. happened. You gotta see Ethiopia. The opening credits are really good. We get to go to Ethiopia. It does the classic Rambo First Blood 2 where they decide to all agree in the control room that the mission now doesn't exist. The guy <laughs> taking the headset off, walking out of the room. It's always tough. I wonder if that happens in real life, but we have his buddy going, You sure this is a peacekeeping mission? Normally, there isn't any peace to start with. This shit's awful calm. You're like, oh, no, this is going to go You're badly. You're asking that now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with and, his guns aimed at these people's heads? And then we have the <laughs> evil guy doing the shut it down. You're like, oh, no. And Wahlberg's just taking out fucking dudes from a mile away. One after the other. He's That, that first one, the Jeep's driving away, driving down the road, and the guy's yeah. like, Three miles, we're we're eight hundred and fifty, and, and all of a sudden, boom! And you're like, oh, this guy's for real. This guy's yeah, like yeah. a really good sniper. And then that's it. He just starts wiping him out. But um, 
Shay, good opening scene. Great opening scene. Yeah, you've also it. got the a, a somewhat of a recurring motif in movies where the uh, the snipers spotter. I, I like to call them the caddy, but I know that they're spotters are really useless if shit goes down. Like right. the, if if anything gets if it gets hot under there, they're just like yeah. Like all I do is basically tell you which way yeah. the wind is blowing, and if there's right. like some barometric pressure. I didn't know I was gonna have to fight a helicopter. <laughs> I didn't know I was gonna have to shoot. I can just tell you how far away the thing is. <laughs> how far would it be? Like, how hard would it be to, for the spotter to actually learn some basic gun well, I mean, skills? Bobby Swagger teaches uh, Nick Memphis in like a day and a half how yeah, to like, right? be basically a super soldier. I don't know why the, the the sniper caddies are always like, ah, man, can't wait to get home. <laughs> <laughs> to my loving wife. No, nope. That seems that great. I also... Shay, I know you know this about me because I've discussed it before, but nothing makes me happier than the marksman. The helicopter's coming. They're about to die. And they got the one shot at the blades of the helicopter. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, this is do or die. And they always nail it. And the helicopter blows up. I'm in there every time for the helicopter getting shot down. Yeah. Good times. Man versus machine. Yeah. Sign me up. It's got one shot. Every you got to hit that hit that blade or, you're, or that's it. Um, next scene. Evil Danny Glover goes to see Wahlberg. You get the dog barking way before anyone gets there, which is always like, oh, so the dog's a little telepathic. Um, just a, This is just a fountain of action movie cliche quotes. Yeah. Yes. My name is Colonel Isaac Johnson. You're a hard man to find. Not hard enough. Come a long way to see you. We have some business need your attention. You want to use your low gear going down the road and your brakes will go. Come in. Come in. Don't do that. Come to the porch. I'd invite you to have to shoot the dog. It's a slow draw you got there. Sure you want to do that? Shoot a dog in this county in a man's land. I bury you in the hill. Tell the sheriff a month or two later. He understands. It's a lot of like, you're a hard man to find. Not hard <laughs> enough. Not hard enough. <laughs> and, and Glover's just speaking on cliches, but talks him into. We got to do this, blah, blah, blah. Standard Secret Service protective cordon is out to 880 yards. But this intercept claims that the shot would be taken from beyond a mile. We need you to scout. Tell us how you would do it so we can stop it. I'm not entirely convinced that a shot like this could be made. But let's not take the chance. So can we just explain, let, let's see if we're all on the same page here. Danny Glover is working in a, like, basically unnamed government agency capacity. Like, whatever right. that is. There's definitely a mystery around him. And he's like, there's going to be an attempt on the president. We have gotten word. We don't yeah. know where it's coming from or who is doing it. But what we need you to do is set up the perfect assassination of the president so that we can see how someone who thinks like you might do it and thus stop the actual attempt. Mm -hmm. And just at any, and here are the at, three locations. It's DC, no Philly, Bob, or whatever. Like, I can see how this would blow back bad on me. <laughs> no, he he's feeling in that moment that he's like, uh, he is Clarice going to talk to right. Hannibal Lecter. Right. You know what I'm saying? He's the, he's the hero. He's feeling great. I had that. I'm picking nits, Chris. Yeah, we can get to it. Then. I think. Let's just I do think that. No, no. I just. I think we should do it now. He's drinking Bob, a Budweiser, reading the nine eleven commission report. <laughs> right. A government, an unnamed government agency shows up to his reclusive 
hideaway in Wyoming and is like, would you mind setting up the perfect assassination attempt on the president? He's just like, you talked me into it. You twisted my arm. I can see your point. Let's do it. Well, Danny, Danny has, as they're driving away, he has, he's like, I didn't say enough cliches over the last three minutes. And he does the, he said, yes, he just doesn't know it yet. And that's, Apparently he knew. He just read Bob Lee Swagger's body language. I'm with you, Chris. Here's this guy who we already know is big into conspiracies. Just doesn't doesn't see the big picture here at all. That he might be being framed for a conspiracy. He's like, this is great. I get to spend some time in Baltimore. Yeah. I get to foil an assassination. So yeah, Baltimore, Philly, and DC are the three locations. And he figures out, which I know, Chris, you've talked about for years. Philly, great. Great sniper location. Lots yeah. of like weird buildings and a lot of cool ledges. Interference, things like weird that. Alcoves. So, yeah. Somehow Wahlberg agrees, which leads to our next rewatchable scene where um although I will say for rewatchability, I do like when swagger's in the different locations. You mentioned that earlier, Shay. I like I like how Fuqua how he lays that out where he's just kind of yeah. looking around and surveying it. Um, but the archbishop getting shot. I just wrote Archbishop gets shot, shooter escapes. And this is like an eight minute scene and it's just every piece of it's really good where he's in the room with all the guys with the binoculars. And then all of a sudden, yeah. all those guys are gone. Where'd they go? Yeah. They yeah. just like, it's like, oh, he's got the binoculars up. Get out of here. That, that scene is shot really weird. It's kind of awesome. If you watch it the second time, you can see the cop like it through the window, kind of like creeping up on him a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, but there is a moment where when the sh cop shoots him, it seems like everybody is out of the room and then they're back in. Like it, it is, it is cut a little bit weird, but it, it, it is a cool setup. Yeah. You're well, unsnapped officer. Yeah. <laughs> I love the falling through things too. Gimmick. Oh man. The as falling as 15 possible, feet through the, me. yeah, through the roof, but it breaks the fall a little and somehow yeah. the guy's all right. There are a lot of uh, really soft roofs in Philly. <laughs> the, um, the, he disarms our guy, Michael Pena. Unfortunately, but that scene's really good. Gets somehow steals a car, leading to an incredible car wash thing where just like the knowledge, knowing that there's some blood clotting stuff in the trunk, just knowing that somehow cutting through the back seat, which I always like in action movies. Yeah. This is the lightest car wash. Like the, there's the most light in this car. I don't, car washes are dark. This, yeah. this is like, <laughs> there's spotlights on this car wash. And the car wash goes for, I don't know, 22 minutes as he's cutting through the thing. He's able to put blood clot stuff on himself. I'm all in. It's great. This is, you actually believe he somehow got out of this, even though there's a thousand cops, FBI. I, yeah. and, and you're like, I buy this. I, I think he mm -hmm. did it. Um, leading to, I know one of Shay's favorite moves, the back, the car into the water. Yeah. Which, yeah. and it, and then they're like, I don't in. know. I think he might've died. It's like, <laughs> show me not. the body. Yeah. And the guy's that, always able to swim away yep. without detection. This is what it, Richard Kimball did. He yeah. jumped off the, the, uh, off the dam and, and was, and lived. And then everybody's just like, I want guys 30 miles up and down each side of this river. Mm -hmm. It's just like, yeah, you missed it. <laughs> and them. I wanted five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. Five minutes ago. When they show Always. the car chases on uh, on the LA News, which would be one of Shay's favorite things about living here, the guy never 
it always ends with the guy and some, you know, playing the highway thing wrong and on side streets. And then finally they throw the strip down and they get him. Nobody ever does the, I'm just going to drive into the fucking Pacific Ocean. <laughs> like, I'm going to stand him on a pier. I'm driving off it, landing in the ocean. I've seen this work in seven movies. So maybe we'll see it at some point. Um, next one. Don't give away your exit strategy, Bill. Yeah, that's... Now, my... I've discussed this. I would go to the airport. That's the way to get out of it. Oh, because no... The helicopters can't, can't go over the airport. Yeah, yeah, you go in the airport, you go in a parking garage, and you're and you're good. And nobody yeah, ever no thinks security at the airport. You'd yeah. probably be pretty good there. <laughs> <laughs> We're looking for a graying podcaster who just... <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's definitely head of the airport. He's talked about it on four different yeah. podcasts. He refers to the to the Celtics as we. <laughs> His name is Dr. William Simmons. Next scene, Swagger saves Nick Memphis, who's wearing like the kinkiest self-assassination machine I think that's ever been in a movie. Yeah. Leading to another action movie classic. You set me up, you used me as bait. Toss these boys in the water. You set me up. You used me as bait. You think? Flushed them out, didn't it? I was kind of hoping to keep one alive, but they were kind of determined to kill you. Shay, if we ever write an action movie together, just make sure we grab some of these quotes and just plagiarize them be completely. Twelve bait scenes in a row, just <laughs> over and over and over. People again. Being used as bait. That's what it should be called, bait. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next one I have for rewatchable is. I, I wrote this down as Wahlberg starts killing everyone outside. Listen very carefully. On my one, you blow the pipe bombs, then the gas. Three, two, one. I'd say 40 kills in this scene. Easily. Easily. And not a shot gets him. Not a not shot. Even not close. even close. Yeah, not, not even, even like a, a bullet that ricochets by him. He's just, he, he just wipes everybody out. So this is when he goes and talks to Michael Sandor. After, the, yeah, after that. After that guy inexplicably kills himself. You know can what I, I realized? Can I just say that one of the other cliches that are that this movie employs twice is when the guy you least expect gives Bob Lee Swagger all the information he needs. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's the ballistics expert played by Levin Helm and then there's and then yep. there's the guy in the wheelchair and he's just like I had to tell you the truth to keep you here it's like you didn't, didn't no you didn't yeah probably like, not <laughs> you, you could have just rattled off the Blue Jays roster I don't know you didn't have to tell him the entire conspiracy <laughs> uh, no you didn't <laughs> one, th one thing I realized during this scene that I, I knew already but it just reminded me the uh because the, I mean, the best is First Blood with Stallone. But the outdoor, silent, tactical murders, yes. where the guy is, has like the bush on his head and he pops out of nowhere, yeah. or you have these trained assassins or bodyguards who are walking around looking for a guy and somehow don't realize they just walk by him, or mm -hmm. dropping down from the tree. There's so many ways it goes. I love all of them. And, uh, and I love that shooter, paid homage. First Blood invented the, uh, it, though, let's be honest. The the best what Rambo does, the best one too, is in uh, Rambo 2 when he's covered in mud and he's like on the tree and yeah. the guy walks by and then he opens his eyes and he's like, oh yeah, he, 
for his whole like the for all of eternity that bad guy is just like I got fucking killed by a tree. Right. That's what he's telling everybody in hell. A fucking tree got me. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know how to explain it. A tree got me. The missing in action movies have some good ones too. It's, that would be amazing if there was like a, a chamber of hell where guys who got killed right before a big action scene <laughs> went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're just complaining to the other guys. Uh, that scene's great. And then we have Snow Mountain sniper rescue scene. I'm still not yeah. positive oh what's God. happening here. But, so that's uh, like somewhere in Montana, right? Yeah. Yeah, they right. go to Montana because that's where the senator is. We do have Elias Kataeus get his hand shot off and do the thing where he laughs hysterically like he, he admires it, which is a great He's action so movie villain thing. <laughs> <laughs> My hand's gone. The bird! Where'd he go? He went for the shot. <laughs> And then, then his arm gets shot off, and that's it for him. I don't. Yeah. I can't really fully explain what's going on in this scene, but I like watching it. Man, I don't when, know why they chose to go there. Yeah, and also, I always just like enjoy this scene because if it is in Montana, it would be hilarious if like just to the left, some dude was snowboarding. And he's like, <laughs> what are you guys up to? And it's just like we're just doing a hostage exchange with two helicopters and eight snipers. I'm convinced the challenge on MTV, the show, the show that I love, the reality show, saw Shooter and decided all the final challenges had to look like Shooter because they do a lot of like the last challenge is climbing a mountain. Yeah, Survivor yeah. and Big the Big Brother will do this too, or not Amazing Race will do this, um, just so they can get the wide shots of the mountain and the hole, and it just seems like so intimidating. But I, I do feel like Fuqua invented that. And then the last one, which is really a special scene and it combines so many action movie things that I love, the log cabin scene. Did, did he give his checks and balances speech? This is about evidence and the truth. And then you just said to him, fuck you. <laughs> oh my cigar, Mr. E.G. <laughs> fuck you. Mm -hmm. Well, you have the bad guys just by by rule, they have to be having scotch and cigars and just over laughing at each other's jokes for <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like just an evil laughing. Planning their next mission. Yeah, know? just like ah, <laughs> Ben Beatty's really going for it. And you just know it's not gonna go well. A body yeah. drops through the ceiling. And uh I just I really enjoy that. I have, I think, as my favorite scene. I really think it's probably the last like 25 minutes when it really starts from like him killing everybody outside. We get to the mountain pretty quickly. We get into the, um, the log cabin and then we get that final scene with him shooting the empty sniper, the thing, the sniper thing he turned up. But that, I think the last 25 minutes to me is my favorite part of this movie. What do you have, Chris? Uh, I would probably go with the assassination in Philly as the most rewatchable scene. Just the whole setup of that and him being mm. like, the flags are waving, it's going to happen now, like he's loaded, and just the, the way that they build like the suspense with that. Because you are kind of like, I don't really know what's going to happen. And then when you see the the robot sniper rifle, where they don't show you where that is, but when you see it, you're just like, oh, fuck, Bob Lee is in trouble. <laughs> yeah, you're right. If it's, one, if it's one scene, that's probably the scene. Yeah. But... I think I like the last 25 minutes the most. What about you, Shay? 
the last 25 minutes are are really well done. It's oftentimes very hard for an action movie that has done like a bunch of crazy shit up to that point to get to the last yeah, 20 or so hard. minutes and and still nail it. And yeah. they do it really they do it really well here. The smart the super smart thing is they just make everything small again, where they just put him against the people in the cabin and that's it. But but my favorite scene to rewatch is his is his escape. Everything from after he gets shot by the cop yeah. To the time he's being pulled away on the like tugboat in the river or whatever. Because I really, I really like they do so much of the like cliche stuff in the beginning on purpose. This is not like we didn't know we were doing this. They're doing yeah. it on purpose. But then you get to that part and to watch him like solder his own wound. And you're like, oh, this is cool. Like they're gonna do some other, like some fun, unexpected stuff in like a creative way. Uh when a when a movie can do that, a movie that knows it's dumb but is also doing stuff like in a smart way yeah. is, is, is a lot of fun. So getting to that part, you realize, okay, cool. I want to watch, I want to re- watch the rest of this over two hours long movie. Let's take a break and we'll do what's age the best. All right. What's age the best. I really like the opening credits. As I mentioned earlier, S- the concept of uh swagger being mad that his dog was murdered foreshadowing yeah, mm-hmm. the entire john wick dog. series yeah mm-hmm. john the john wick writers were like good one they wrote that one down chris philly <laughs> <laughs> not not a location enough for movies i don't it's feel not. like it honestly is it and then uh it's great that for the second time in like five years Wahlberg is just wearing a ton of eagles gear right he kept all his invincible <laughs> stuff yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll return to that um Philly as like an assassination conspiracy city, obviously peaking with uh with blowout John Travolta. Where everybody likes <clears throat> to also incorporate all the colonial, like you know, 18th century architecture mm-hmm. that they have. And there's also there's always like this is where the they wrote the constitution, you know, and like the, all the independence independent stuff is like very, very like it it works well with the conspiracy theory action or mystery movie. Shay, I was watching as you know, I I feel like Boston's superior to Philly in pretty much every way. And I <laughs> just gonna I was like, go. why isn't Boston in a, ever an assassination city in a movie? In an action movie. Because everybody would get caught on fucking store drive trying to get out of town. Yeah, that's the <laughs> thing. Like and you got one road. <laughs> what I realized is Philly's actually better as a as a sniper city. I think they made the right choice. It's just Philly's weird. It's like congested and Stuff's close together, but there's also a lot of ways to get out. And there's, I, it just made sense to me. I if, thought it was the Jeremy right choice. If Jeremy Renner and Ben Affleck had robbed a Phillies game, we would have had the town too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Could have happened. So many highways right next to the vet, you know? Uh, what's age the best? Nick Memphis. What a name. Just the names. An interesting thing about Pena, a thing that I've always appreciated, is that as his as he got more and more powerful in his career, he started doing a thing where he would only play characters if they had like a Latino name. Yeah. Early early on, he wasn't able to do that clearly here, but he does it later. But yeah, him being Nick Memphis is just like that. Lets me know when he read for that part, he fucking had he that was like whole the room fifth rolling. Choice. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. had that whole room rolling. He won that audition. Chris, what nationality is the name Nick Memphis? Is that like Scottish? <laughs> that's, that's Irish. Yeah. Irish. It's, yeah. It's Cajun. It's Nick Cajun. Well, you might remember his father, Bob Memphis. Um, what's age the best? 
I think this just is, the just the names in general in this movie because you got yeah, Bobby Swagger, Nick Memphis, and then when they get to the bad guys, they're just like Colonel Johnson. Right. Right. <laughs> they, 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 <laughs> we used all of our fucking creativity yeah, on the first they, two names. <laughs> they knew they couldn't go too far. I love uh, I love when they have this is an action movie staple. This is just one dead man talking to another. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. they really weaved in a lot of stuff like that. Let's talk about evil Danny Glover for what's age the best. Oh my God. My fucking guy in this movie. I, he makes I, me so happy every scene. You know, we talked about him when we did the Lethal Weapon pods. That movie was so big, it kind of overshadowed what else he could do in his career, right? It was like everybody just saw him as Lethal Weapon guy. And then he was in Grand Canyon. He had a nice little run there, late 80s, early 90s. But I, I feel like more could have happened. Like he couldn't he have been like the Dennis Haysbert, Haysbert uh president in uh in 24. Could he have been evil in more movies? Why didn't Michael Mann want him for heat? I, I don't know whether he just made so much money from Lethal Weapon he didn't have to do that much or what, but I thought evil Danny who Glover. Who would you was have like, him playing in heat? Like the guy whose bail bonds they steal? Or like who would who would he who would he be? I don't he could have yeah, he could have been that guy. Yeah. I didn't it just feels like nobody it never occurred to anybody that Danny Glover could be a villain until this movie. And now I feel like we lost fifteen years of potential with this. But um He's so he, much fun. He has my favorite line in the whole movie is at the end when they have Bob Lee at the table and they're like talking through the crimes he's committed. And Kurt, and he says, what the hell am I doing here? You got nothing on me. I'm covered. Call the joint chief. Yeah. And he just points at him when he says it. Right. <laughs> like, um, this fucking guy is having the best time. So this is a pretty good what's age. The, oh, what, one more what's age the best. They changed this from PG-13 to R after Wahlberg signed on. Just good move. Smart move. Yeah. yeah. I don't think you can do a PG-13 sniper Yeah, you can't movie. do PG-13 sniper. So this movie is way more political than I think I realized the first time I saw it. And after multiple rewatches, there's a lot going on here. Um, a lot of people, if you go online, feel like uh, the senator played by Ned Beatty was basically an analog for Dick Cheney. Yeah. And they have the hunting scene with him. And the just, oil being Yeah, the, in general, kind of yeah. looks like him, right? And this is 06, 07 is right around people really wondering, Bush, Cheney, what are they up to? What kind of illegal shit is going on? So you have the 9-11 Commission Bush report. Bush, Cheney, are we sure they're good? <laughs> right. <laughs> the 9-11 Commission report book, big red flag, nine minutes in. He's on the left-wing website, zmag.org, mm-hmm. on his laptop. We have that guy that they go to see when they talk about the Grassy Knoll guys were dead in three hours, so we bring the JFK assassination and that. When they go to meet um, the conspirators in Virginia, the portraits on the wall, they're all Republican presidents. The uh, cut to the Montana, to the Ned Beatty, the senator, he's in the hunting gear. Le- really does look like the yeah. Dick Cheney who accidentally shot his friend that time. We have quotes like, the problem isn't the doing, it's the people in power having to admit that they knew. The prisoners are tortured in Abu Ghraib and only the underlings go to jail. Their boss is new. We know their boss is new, but you don't say it. So it's a lot of like, it's kind of out of the 70s. Even they go to Athens, Tennessee, which was very stealth, location of the Battle of Athens, where um, 
armed citizens removed the corrupt local government and restored free elections in 1946. All of this feels way more intentional than I think I realized when I was watching a dumb action movie in 2007. Yeah. Is there yeah. more going on here, Shay? I think there might be. The It's funny you bring that up. When I was re-watching it before the show, I was on the part where they're on the mountain doing the shootout there, the sniper shootout on the mountain, which is fucking awesome. And Laramie come walking through the room and she asked, you know, what, what is this? I said, oh, we're, we're doing shooter on rewatchables. And she said, oh, she sat down for a second. What's this uh, about? What's going on here? And I'm like, oh, he's just like killing the bad guys. And that was the only description I could give. Like, I have no idea. I've seen this movie 20 times. <laughs> I understand he was framed for the president assassination that wasn't really president assassination. But beyond that, I just don't listen to anything anybody says of any <laughs> substance at all. I'm just like, just, just shoot him in the head. That's all I want to see. I'm waiting for you to shoot through the scope and it blasts out the back of his skull. Like, that's it. I don't know what's going on in this movie at all. Chris, did you to. know? I just want to watch it. Did you 100% know what was going on in this movie? Because I didn't until I did the research no, last I mean, night. I didn't necessarily. Well, I mean, when I first saw it, I certainly didn't think of it as like a very political movie. But it's funny to watch it now and just be like, Bob, Bob Lee would have logged some serious hours on YouTube. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> It, it like <laughs> it's too bad that he he peaked sort of back in the Zmag days because I think he would have done very well for himself on YouTube both both as a viewer but maybe even as a content producer. Well, this is from Wikipedia, and this explains what Shay, what you're talking about. How you didn't totally understand what was going on because I didn't either. Serbiak tells Swagger that the organization Johnson works for is run by U.S. Senator Charles Meacham. It functions as a conglomerate exploiting economic assets in developing countries. The archbishop assassinated earlier was in Philadelphia to speak about the atrocities committed in Ethiopia, where the organization wiped out an entire village so an oil pipeline could be laid through. Now, they reference that on the mountain. Yeah. I've seen this movie as many times as you guys. I never understood that piece at all. Because this movie, you just kind of, you kind of zone out until something happens again. And you apparently there was a, a plot bit because when right before the archbishop gets shot, Elias Coteus is like, yeah, I was in Ethiopia, too, Where, which is like if I'm Bob Lee, I'm like, really, that that seems like a weird coincidence to mention right before the yeah. president might get shot. Right. But yeah. You could th- offer me a million dollars right now, and I couldn't tell you what you just said right now. But like, as, soon <laughs> right. As, started, as, soon, as soon as you started talking about it, I was like, I'm not listening to this. Uh, <laughs> it needs like a almost like a 60 minutes, two minutes that explains the whole Ethiopia thing better than they did well, in the is, movie. This is kind of like what great thrillers do, where it's like there's like a whole part of of the fugitive, which is about like blood thinners, and yeah, like I, I don't remember what the pill and fugitives like that he tests does and like why Jeroen Crabbe was like get, get having him killed for that. It's like, I, nobody remembers like that, that part. It's just like, it's cool to watch Harrison Ford run around and same thing for this where it's like, just, just want to see Mark sniping people. You'll have to excuse my friend, Richard <laughs> Kimball. He's very <laughs> sick. What's age the worst? 126 minutes, probably a little fat. So there's like that whole middle part. Yeah, there's the 20 minutes house. here with Kate Mara where and a lot, a lot could have been amateur eight. surgery happening. Yeah, yeah. This, <laughs> this movie's too long. This movie should have probably ended up around 110. 
would have yeah. been my my dream scenario. How do we feel about Kate Mara's Kentucky accent? Great. Nailed it. Perfect. No she takes notes. a couple miles per hour off her fastball <laughs> as the movie goes on, I think. Yeah, I, yeah. I think it, it kind of... <laughs> it, it definitely uh, softens as yeah. the movie goes. There's some travel stuff here that... Uh, I don't want to be a dick. I love Shooter. But um, Philly to Kentucky, 10-hour drive. Yeah, bleeding out while you're bleeding out. Yeah, with, with two, <laughs> two bullet holes in your body and some just some blood clot powder on them. Tennessee to Bozeman, 26 hours. <laughs> yeah. Like all of a sudden- While you're just, still the most wanted man on the planet. Yeah, we're just in <laughs> Bozeman. We yeah. just, I mean, that's like over a full day, you got to stop. There's a hotel, you got to sleep somewhere. He's with Michael Pena at this point, like- we don't get any sort of midnight run moments at all where they stop at a jack-in-the-box. Nothing. Just keeps going. I don't understand on the mountain, Swagger elects to burn the evidence that proves his innocence. Right. Because he realizes it's not going to help them because they're just going to rig it however they feel anyway. I'm just never... I'm never on the side of I'm going to destroy the evidence that would so this is where the movie potentially clear me. Pretty complicated, but I kind of like the idea that he always had the firing pin thing, like that he when when he gets to the end and he's oh, so you think he baited down. them? Yeah, again using bait, just like Nick Memphis, and I think that he always knew that he would be able to pull that Sherlock Holmes shit at the end and be like, I removed all the firing pins from my rifles before I left, so right. I, this gun couldn't have been used. What's age the worst? It, it kind of hints that something horrible happened to Kate Mara when she was being... Yeah, with Kateas. Yeah. They don't really say what happens, but then she does the thing where she shoots him 17 times at the end where it's like, oh, something bad probably happened here, but they don't acknowledge it. She seems fine after. I don't really know what they were going for with that. I probably would have audibled away from that if I were them. Any other what's age the worst? I mean, that's not a really good ponytail for Wahlberg. <laughs> it's I, definitely I, too long i always it's I, I think that the i have to give myself a haircut because shit's about to get real is a cool yeah. action movie trope you know and and that again that happens in the fugitive where he gives himself the shave in the mirror when he first gets out of the water but yeah that's just like either grow the ponytail for real or don't but don't wear a wig ponytail and then have a perfect haircut <laughs> Before, <laughs> right as you're going as you're going to philadelphia yeah they should have gone like big bushy beard with him or something yeah also like his hair is like mine my hair goes up i can never grow a bony tail like if I, my hair goes up and out and i think Wahlberg's <laughs> does too i don't know if he could ever have a ponytail like that like he's not like aaron aaron Rodgers can do it like he's got that stringy long hair anyway what what is the point of cutting off the ponytail in this it's symbolic, Shay. He's ready to go to work. I think it's like he's like getting back into like military shape and like you don't get a lot of guys in the field with ponytails, you know? And yeah, I feel like bad guy could just yank on it, you know? Any what's age the worst for you, Shay? Grab his hair. No, I didn't I didn't have any. I love All the right. ponytail. I disagree with Chris. Casting what I ifs. Think, I think Chris should get a ponytail right now. <laughs> That'd be <laughs> just start wearing just start wearing one. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, for the 503 watchables, you have you have to have a ponytail by then. You have okay. 270 <laughs> movies away. Um, the movie script doctor was William Goldman, which I didn't realize until uh, I did the research. So th was he? Did he write this version, or was he working on like an earlier version? Because I saw that he had talked about how like 
Bob Lee was supposed to be played by like an older, by an older guy. Yeah. Yes. So he was thinking it was like Clint Eastwood, Robert Redford, or Harrison Ford, who all of whom passed. Harrison Ford is a sniper. I'm not buying. I'm also not buying old snipers because your eyesight just gets worse when you hit your mid forties. Right. I, I, I'm just not buying that at all. But that's what the uh, the book had. Apparently, Keanu passed half ass, but um. I think he knew deep down his destiny was something better. But you know, you which, read that script and he was like, huh, <laughs> this guy seems really mad about the dog. Got to remember yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> that one away. So that all worked out. That's how I was able to find out. Best that guy, okay, the Joey Pants Award. So Elias Kataeus, I don't feel like he's the that guy. I know, I we, know, we know his name, so yeah. he's out. So the nominees are the evil Philly cop who shoots Bob Swagger. He didn't know his name, but know his face. His name is A.C. Peterson. Also known as the Philly cop who shoots Bob Swagger. That's how I know him if I see him anything. And then Rona Mitra, yeah, the, the other that. lady in this. I never knew what her name was, but you've seen her in a bunch of different things. And that's her name. The uh, the one who's working with Nick Memphis in the first hour. I would have those too. That's who I had for my pick. I kept waiting. Even now, I've watched it a bunch of times. Even in this most recent rewatch, I was waiting for her to turn evil and do like a bad thing. She just has like that look about her. She does. Like, you're going to like the Edward Norton in a heist movie look where you're like, you're yeah. going to do something. I got my eye on you. I'm with you. Vincent Hannon, give me all you got a word for overacting. Ned Beatty, come on. Ned dials it up. Ned's, Ned's going <laughs> hard. Full network. Hard. Yeah. Spit flying out of his mouth. Great stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jed Nelson Award, which we always we don't always hang out for the people who are in a different movie. Tate Donovan's in this movie for a couple scenes, and I, I was think wondering he, if Tate kind of had some Dion Waiters energy because, like, he's just in he just has like three lines, and you're like, that's Tate Donovan's not not a star. He's it's it almost seems like his stuff got cut out. Yeah, I don't know why they needed him. Like, this is like peak Tate Donovan, right? He's on the OC. Things are happening for him. He's kind of thrown in. There's this whole FBI subplot thing that they don't really want to get to. And it's it's kind of its own show. It's almost like they're filming a CBS pilot with Tate Donovan on the side. <laughs> and they just kind of abandon it. So I'm going to give that to him. Deion Waiters Award has to be Ned Beatty. He he comes in fucking hot. Yeah. He's hit some threes. I like this version of Ned Beatty. I like the evil kind of Dick Cheney thing. He's only in like five scenes. Uh I would vote for him unless you guys disagree. No, I nah, he's a, he's the winner. Yeah. Recasting couch. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I I kind of wouldn't touch this movie. <laughs> I like all the I, yeah, I like I all the really casting. Think of what you would do? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I can't really think of like who you would mess around with. You could have a slightly less creepy Elias Kateas, you know, person, but I don't know who it would be. Wheelchair guy potentially maybe use the bad guy from Taken Two. Oh, yeah. Just to have him have a nice run there. Half-Fast Internet Research. This movie was in development for uh, 12 years. Seven screenwriters took a crack at it. Um, the assassination seeds were filmed at the Independence National Historical Park in front of Independence Hall in Philadelphia. You're welcome. Final scene was at Mammoth, California. Mammoth Lakes. Throughout the film... Swagger uses an array of sniper rifles, but the big one is called 
the Shaytac M2000, uh, M200. It is the Cheyenne Tactical, Cheyenne Tactical M200 Intervention, which Shay is also available um, with a long range, <laughs> long range rifle system. It has a laser range finder, night vision capability, weather sensing module. Um, it all interfaces with a running ballistics calculation software. This is. <laughs> The Ferrari. What are you talking about? I, I'm just telling you, it's the Ferrari of sniper <laughs> rifles. Some shopping bill? <laughs> no, it's reading about this. Like in the whole sniper gun community, the Shaytech M200 is a is a big deal. So there you go. So there's some controversy in here about um, Wahlberg uses both eyes as yeah. a sniper closes either eye, and yeah. some people are like not authentic. Other people are like, no, no, he's such a good. Sniper that he actually has the ability to go with either eye. I really I don't know where I testing, land, guys. I hate testing. Like when I, if you close your eye and you're like looking, and I'm like, I, it's really scary to find out how bad your weaker eye is. Right. <laughs> no, it's true. <laughs> yeah. So, um, the guy uh, they use this guy, U.S. Marine Scout Sniper Patrick Garrity, who taught Wahlberg how to shoot left-handed and right-handed, who taught him how to switch his shooting posture. Taught him how to do all the adjustments and all that stuff. I thought we all think Wahlberg like pretty authentic sniper stuff in this, for the most part. So. so they did yeah. a good job. <laughs> yeah, he seems like he like he knows what he's doing. Yeah, My he's, favorite they definitely like, seemed grounded in reality. The, yeah. <laughs> the dumbest thing or the thing that always makes me laugh is when they show the shot of him before he decides to take the mission on when he's shooting the can of soup and he's laying on his belly with the dog. And they show him from the back. And you, number one, you get to see how tiny he is of a, like a person. But number two, his legs are open and his feet are like flat out on the floor. And he just looks like a frog almost. Yeah. And it just makes me very happy that he did it that way. So Nick Memphis goes to Pre Precision Remotes at some point. Mm -hmm. That website. Mm -hmm. It's a real website. Wahlberg lost 20 pounds for this movie, Chris. I know you love when there's a weight loss for the character. It's which like, Wahlberg, who, he'll do it over and over again. Seriously, who would have given a shit if he was 20 yeah. pounds heavier? <laughs> no, he's like, look, he thought a lot about Bob Lee Swagger, what his yeah. weight would be, and he's just like, nah, I gotta lose 20 pounds. Bob Lee Swagger, who's drinking Budweiser at like 11 in the morning and reading the 9-11 commission <laughs> right. report, definitely watching his weight, yeah. Doing some sit-ups. He went gluten-free on the mountain. The, uh, the dog was a Bernese Mountain English Mastiff X combo. And then in the theatrical trailer, there's a scene that wasn't used in the film where a small jet was blown up via remote control, which I don't know what to make of. Okay. I don't know when that happened. Apex Mountain. Wahlberg coming this, departed, and then this. I, you could make a case. Yeah. This is I, now, we're officially like, oh, this Wahlberg run is now going to be for another 20 years yes. at this point. Yeah. Right. I, I think you're probably right. Coming out of holding his own in The Departed and now now starting to make more or less $100 million movies every time out for a couple of years there. It'd be funny to explain to Wahlberg that his Apex Mountain was Shooter while then taking another 10 minutes to explain to him what Apex Mountain was. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you could make the argument that maybe Ted is his Apex Mountain because wasn't isn't that just like a gigantic hit? And didn't he do that? Yeah, that bought him another 10 years too. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Ted probably is. You're right. Good call. Uh, Fuqua, no. 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 It has training to be training day. day. No, it's yeah. executive producing mayor of Kingstown. And that. <laughs> Danny Glover, no. Ned Beatty, no. 
Sniper movies. I'm going to say yes. I think this is the best Sniper movie. It's this versus Sniper, basically, yeah. Yeah, it's, this is a better movie than Sniper. It's Sniper for me. I really like Sniper. Sniper's amazing. But maybe we're raising the bar for somebody listening to this who's like, oh, well, I can beat Shooter. Homemade IVs, Apex Mountain, Chris? Absolutely. And I had no idea you could do that. You know, yeah. I didn't even know like at a Philadelphia <laughs> bodega they had. And she's just like, for sure, I got that stuff. Like, I, I've never seen anybody have like a needle and a tube that you can put into like a, a saline solution. There's like a bike pump. I mean, like a basketball pump needle too, right? Like, yeah, that shit was, it was thick. fucking gross. It was thick. He just jammed it in there. Like, I don't think you hit a vein, sir. I think you just stuck that in your flesh. <laughs> <laughs> Philadelphia assassinations. Uh, this I I still go blowout. Let's move to picking nits. I have I have a bunch of short picking nits here. So. In the beginning, they're really just aborting the mission and leaving those two guys there. I never, I, I, I just have slightly more faith in my country and my military than than that. That they're just going to throw guys to the side, whatever. Why would Swagger help Danny Glover and the president when we've already established he's a conspiracy guy and the government let him down? The movie never answers that at all. Mm-hmm. Swagger never realizing he's being framed, ridiculous. The blood clot medical stuff in the trunk of the car. I, I just would love to know how many so trunks. I guess that's just like that supposed to be a first aid kit, and he knows he's taking a government. So every officials. FBI car has yeah. that, apparently. Okay. I don't know if I believe that. Driving into the water, working as an escape. We talked about that. Kate Mara, no boyfriend for three years, nothing. Not one local anybody. Well, she's living in rural Kentucky and teaching third grade. And there's no there's no nobody. Like, no Raya down there yet. Nothing. No, no hinge. Yeah, no serious. I think that I think she hints that there's been like Maybe some soft relationship, but nothing serious. Not buying it. Um, Michael Pena, the only character in the entire movie investigating this weird assassination. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, nobody else sees anything wrong with does, any like, of this. That cool back into the left moment where he's like, they had the footage to CNN 12 minutes after already cut together yeah. to show the angles. He it, does a really good job it's there. It's cool. I love that part. And everybody else is like, cool. It's You still sound crazy. It's like, yeah. does he? Yeah. Does it sound crazy? That scene when him and Kate Mara, they figure it out. He's like, we gotta he's gotta use Kate Mara as bait now. They go back to Philly, which is what, another 24 hour drive mm-hmm. or 10 hour drive. She's got a blonde wig. She's now acting and pretending to be a character and just has the ability to do this, even though she's a third grade school teacher living in rural Kentucky. All can, of a sudden, is she's now like all of a sudden Meryl Streep? Holly Hunter in the firm. <laughs> yeah. And then Wahlberg, multiple cops come at him with a German shepherd that somehow he foils everything, does the move twice where they have the gun to his head. He pretends he's giving up and then gets the gun away. And then the dog somehow miraculously falls over the stairwell and can't get at him. There's that scene's just weird. Interesting element to that where it's like he's he's the most wanted man on the planet and he's standing on a street wearing all Eagles regalia. <laughs> right. Like it's not like he's wearing like a nondescript hoodie or something. He's just like, he's- I'm wearing a fucking shiny Philadelphia Eagles jacket <laughs> and a Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles hat in Philadelphia. He's back in the scene of the assassination with no disguise at all. Yeah. Not even like fake beard or dyes Dressed his like hair. Andy nothing. Reed's get back coach. 
<laughs> yeah. I think Fuqua was like, hey, do you think you would bleach your hair blonde for like, you know, like two of these scenes? And Wahlberg's like, fuck that. I'm not doing that. <laughs> the ponytail thing was bad enough. Fucking Eagle's jacket over here. So, um, there's some stuff on the internet about it would be really hard for the assassination to um, have hit the archbishop straight on. But everybody seems to agree that it, that it his head would have just completely blown up and they wouldn't have been able to show that in a movie. That's why I think they the, you can barely see the assassination. That's all I have for nitpicks. We've covered everything else unless you guys have anything. Uh, I would just say that for as much as I admire him as a performer and, and this performance specifically, Danny Glover about... 35 minutes away from the end of this movie just starts pointing all the time. Yeah, that's <laughs> and, my favorite thing. And it's a weird... Tell, it's a, like he, he hadn't done it the entire <laughs> rest of the movie, the previous hour and a half. But now in every scene, he just starts pointing and it doesn't make... There's no reason for it. The one that stands out to me is when he... Uh, when they come to see him in the cabin and then they're leaving and he's like, oh, is that is that the big engine? That car's got the big engine? Let me take a picture. <laughs> And then they say yeah. later he took a picture to get the license plate. Like, yeah. you know, all of this shit. You can't memorize six numbers and letters. I don't right. know that. I don't know. No, thanks. It's a good point. I also, I had uh, Danny Glover just repeatedly telling people he always wins. Like, it's fun once, but like by the fourth time, we get it. Come up with a, come up with a different way to prove to everyone you're a dick. Instead of, <laughs> I always win. I always win. Um could this be remade as a 10-episode Netflix show? Well, we have our answer on that. It's, yeah. is, it's still, is that show still on USA? No, it got canceled a while ago. Okay. Probably unanswerable questions. We covered the Team K, Team Rooney. We covered the John Wick thing. We covered a little bit why how did Shooter 2 not happen yet. Maybe there's still time. Hopefully someone from Netflix is listening. Just give everybody $100 million and let's go. I don't know what you're <laughs> waiting for. It's fucking trending on your thing right now. So the title of this movie, as much as I love Shooter. It's it's tough not to name it Swagger. How is it not Swagger? <laughs> Swagger's a better title. I And by the way, I think Shooter is like a 9 out of 10 as a title, but Swagger's like a 10 out of 10. The book is called Point of Impact. Do you think that's cool? Not as no. cool as Swagger. <laughs> Shay, what are we doing? I don't know what we're doing. I was going to make an argument that maybe it was because of the Swagger Like Us song that came out, but that was a year later yeah. after this. So All right. I don't know. Should have been called Swagger. All right, we're wrapping up. I got one more possibly unanswerable question. Yeah. Uh, what kind of money is Bob Lee working with? Because he he does a lot of shopping in this movie. Yeah, he doesn't what he doesn't rob anyone to get more money. You're right. But like if he uses a credit card, obviously it pings. But like when he goes and and also like isn't it a little alarming when he's at Home Depot buying all the makings for napalm? Like <laughs> would, right. would, nobody would have been like, hey, nobody this, flags is, it? this is weird. I saw this guy uh, on the news and he just bought a bunch of explosives. Good point. Uh, hey, what piece you. of memorabilia would you want from this movie? I would want the big sniper gun at the end. I'm going with the, that, pon yeah. the ponytail. Oh, the chopped off ponytail? <laughs> <laughs> what give do you have, the, Shay? Give me the assassination suicide device that they put <laughs> Pena in. Yeah. The me. fuck is that? <laughs> you, probably buy that. you can buy that on weirdwebsite.com. <laughs> Who won the movie? Wahlberg? But I mean, I did think about Glover for a split second because I enjoy evil Danny Glover so much, but I think Wahlberg wins the movie. Yeah, he edges him out at the end. All right, Netflix, please make Shooter 2. 
Just do it for us. Do it for the three of us. If you Please, do it for anything. We're begging you. Study your algorithm. Study the traffic. Yeah. Cut the fucking check. Stop putting Wahlberg and the Spencer Confidential and all those things. Like, put them in fucking Shooter too. What are we doing? Get Fuqua. (laughs) Michael Pena's back. Let's go. Shooter two. Shea Serrano, Chris Ryan. A pleasure as always. This podcast was produced by Craig Horlbeck. Thanks to Dylan Berkey as well. We'll see you next week on The Rewatchables. 